Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am so excited to have on Nicole Starbuck and I'll bring her on in just a moment, but first just a couple of announcements. If you have not grabbed my free 20 minute meditative journey to meet your galactic family and guides, make sure that you grab that on my website, mysticmanta.com or drlisajthompson.com. And if you are coming to Hawaii, specifically to the big island, come on one of my big island UFO tours where you will get to see the night sky in a whole new way using my advanced generation three military night vision goggles. And you can find more information on the other website, bigislandufotours.com. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Nicole. Hello, Nicole. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes. I'm, so let me share. I can't wait for this conversation with you. So let me share with our audience like who you are, and then we'll just jump right in. So Nicole Starbuck is a psychic empath, quantum energy healer, spiritual mentor, and life coach. She is passionate about empowering people to find and pursue their life purpose. By combining modalities such as Akashic Records, hypnosis, light language, meditation, past life regression, Reiki, and star codes, she connects people to their higher selves and heal their fears and anxieties. When those aspects of ourselves are healed, we can attract abundance and manifest what we truly desire at light speed. Nicole has dedicated her life to enhancing manifestation powers and practicing magic. She lives in Houston, Texas with her husband and two children. When she's not chasing her littles around the house, she spends her days connecting with crystals and chatting with spirit guides. Well, number one, we have we have so much in common because a lot of the modalities that you do are things that I do as well. So this is going to be really fun to understand how you got into your work. So first question, um, I would love to understand, because especially being in Texas, okay, how did you grow up? Spiritual, religious, something else? Like how did you get into it? I, I grew up in a fairly conservative Christian home in California. So I'm not originally from Texas. I'll get to how I got here in just a moment. Okay. Um, I discovered my spiritual gift and ability, which in the Bible is called the gift of prophecy. In the metaphysical world, we call it psychic intuition. When I was nine years old, so I was coming out of uh, school to get picked up, and I just randomly thought, a bird's going to poop on me right now. And sure enough, it did, like right then and there. And uh, ever since then, I would get these dreams, and they would come true. I would have these premonitions and predictions, and they would come true. And I didn't really have the resources for developing that coming from the religious background that I had. I was told that pendulums and tarot cards were evil. If I did that, I was going to go to hell. And so I just felt like it wasn't safe for me to be experiencing this. So I kept it locked away for over 20 years and kept it to myself, which resulted in a lot of anxiety depression and chronic illness. And then I had a wake up call where I ended up in the ER with a panic attack and I realized there just had to be another way. And I decided to go all in into my personal growth journey. And then I did that for a few years and um, realized that there had to be something else, which was the spiritual side of things. And then that was my second uh, spiritual awakening was really going all into my metaphysical practice. Okay. And how old were you at that time when you went into the spiritual practice? Yeah. So the first wake up call where I when it ended up in the ER, I was 21. 
So in my early 20s. And then the other one, I was 29. So later okay. on. Yeah. So coming from that really religious background, I'm sure you had a lot of baggage to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so when you started on the journey, your, your spiritual journey, you know, getting away from the religious dogma, what, how did your family handle that? Yeah, there's been some really interesting conversations. So for me to like come out of the broom closet, so to speak, to my family, I remember my mom asking me, and my mom's just the sweetest lady, like so non-confrontational. I could tell it took a lot out of her to even bring this up, but I had visited her for a while and I had brought with me my tarot cards. And to me, they're no big deal. I had them out and she happened to see them. And so she's like, I noticed you use the tarot cards. And she was like acting like there was this evil thing. And, and we just had this really beautiful conversation of mom, like I've had this gift my whole life. And I felt like I've had to hide it because of, of, of your beliefs and how we grew up. And that I'm not gonna hide it anymore. These are just tools. They're just extensions of, of you, of me, because we actually already know. We already have the answers. This is just a way of, of of figuring that out and actually i mean this was years ago i've gotten to the point where i don't even need the tools that they're just they're nice to look at sometimes right. and some people prefer you know if i'm doing a reading for someone they like the tools but um there's been that conversation and then there's been conversations with my husband we've been together for 15 years married for 13 if you do the math that means i met him when i was 18 and um, very young got very married very young and I, for a long time, hid this from him because he never really saw that from me. So for me to suddenly come out of this closet of, yes, I'm psychic, I get these visions. On the one hand, he's like, that's cool. And the other hand is like, okay, but you also have a history of anxiety and depression. So do we maybe need to check you in somewhere? Like, is something going on? Like, there's that kind of thinking. But then he started to see that what I was predicting was coming true. I would set an intention and it would manifest. And so then he started to realize that it was a real thing and then was supportive of it, not scared of it. Like, you know, my mom had been scared of it. Yeah. Then we have conversations with, say, his parents or his mom in particular, who reminds me so much of my own mom and having that strong sense of faith. And I always credit these women with having such an incredible sense of faith. Because I want to look at the things that we have in common, right? Right. My mother-in-law has this question of, well, how are you going to raise your kids? Well, I'm going to raise them to look at everything. Look at all the religions. Like, there's no, like, one-size-fits-all box here. And I don't think that sits very well with her, but they're not her kids, right? Right. <laughs> even, even then, um, I had a conversation. I think it was, it's been two or three weeks now. But recently, um, we started going back to, to a physical church just a few months ago, because I felt called to go back. COVID had hit, I had two kids, we had moved and moved and moved and remodeled. And then I'm like, okay, it's time. Yeah. And my husband's like, why do you want to go back there? They're not going to accept you for who you are. Like, not in a mean, critical way, but in a very like, is this really what you want to do? And yeah, it's like, a no. great question, actually. I'm feeling called. I'm feeling called to go because I feel like there's this really important conversation I'm supposed to have. And I go and I'm, I'm just, you know, biding my time, biding my time. And eventually um, one of the small group leaders invites me out to coffee and I go, here it is, here it is, it's coming, the conversation. And we had this conversation um, where she was asking me, like, why was I there? What was my intention? Because she had seen my social media 
Okay. He had seen that I'm a psychic coach. I'm an energy healer. And one of the podcasts I had referred to myself as a Christian witch and it didn't sit well with her. So we got to have this conversation about where is that not sitting well coming from? Where's that fear coming from? What are my beliefs? The big question that my husband had had and that she had had is how do you reconcile the two? How do you reconcile a faith or belief in God or a higher power and then also a belief or a practice in, say, manifestation and magic? And for me, they're not mutually exclusive. This was really the the dividing factor between us. And again, I I try and look at what we have in common, not what separates us. But um, for her and the other woman that was at this conversation, you could not combine Christ and the cosmos. You could not combine the Messiah and magic. And for me, that's exactly why I'm here is to bridge the gap and blend and merge and show people how there is no separation. We are actually one and that we get to be both and it's not either or. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love that. Not that like, I, I don't go to any kind of church or anything and that's not my thing, but I love you. And I have another friend, Kate, who she, you know, very faith-based and is bridging the gap between the so-called woo-woo new age, which isn't new age, you know, right? It's old. Very ancient. Yeah, it's very old. Age, um, with, you know, with Christianity or, or whatever, like believing in this other higher power. And so how, how impactful for you to be doing that in your community. And so I, so you said that was a recent conversation. That was recent. That was like three weeks ago. Have they wrapped their minds around it or are they still like, oh, we don't know what to do with Nicole? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I'm just like the elephant in the room now and I just have to make my peace with that. But it's okay. Not everyone's going to understand me and not everyone's going to like me. And that's fine. Because okay. it's not it's not my job, to, my job to convince people of anything. It's simply just showing up and being my authentic self and keeping that door open and the channel open. And that's always an invitation for people to come in with this playful curiosity. Because how I started this conversation when they asked these questions is I said, I don't feel that I should have to defend myself. But if you have, you know, eyes to see and ears to hear and you're willing to listen and see it from, or at least, you know, entertain my perspective, Right. I'm happy to share because I don't have anything to hide. And that's really been my mentality. And I think that's what catapulted this whole drive. I got out of this conversation and it was 90 minutes. It was a 90 minute conversation. Okay. Part of me wanted, a part of me wanted to just get up and run the other way. (laughs) Um, And uh, I, I realized that that's, that's part of what I'm here for is to have these conversations. And so since then, I I think I've been on like 20 something podcasts and summits. It's only been three weeks. So I'm just really on fire for like getting the word out. Yes, you are. And I mean, I love that. And we have, we have some parallels there because that's how I feel about, you know, the galactic work that I do. And I'm not here to like convince anyone. And even like when we do our UFO tours, we have some very, a lot of mainstream people that are just like, oh, they're curious or, you know, they, you know, one of the family members is really into it. The other family members are the total skeptic. And I'm like, I, just like you said, I'm not here to convince anyone. I'm just here to present some information and you can take it or leave it. And that's what I'm here to do is just, you know, 
share my experiences, my research, my information that I understand. And it's going to be for some people and not for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. So I, okay. So when you started the spiritual journey, what was your like first step into that? Was it a specific book or a specific modality that you were like, okay, this is speaking to me? Oh, I love that you asked that question Um, because I didn't get into it when I shared my story and like the religious origins, but my second spiritual awakening in my later 20s, I knew that there had to be more of the soul and the spirit and anything that had the word soul in it, I naturally gravitated towards. So there was this Facebook group that was called um, Visionary Soul. So I joined that. And they were hosting a retreat called Soul on Fire. So I'm like, ooh, I joined that. And I couldn't explain it because honestly, I didn't really have the funds to go to this retreat, but somehow I made it work because I just knew I was supposed to go there. And it's in Sedona. I don't know if you've ever been to Sedona, Arizona. Beautiful place. If I could live there, I would be there at a heartbeat. We're in Texas for a reason because my husband's family's here. It's for the kids. It's the whole thing. But so I go to Sedona. I'm at this retreat. And one of the facilitators says to me, you're psychic. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, you're not supposed to know that. That's my secret. Like, how did you know? Like, I feel like so called out. And she goes, no, like, you're like really psychic. And actually, this is what you're supposed to be doing in the world. And so we did this whole like reprogramming. She did light language, which I had never like seen or heard of. And like we did this whole recalibration in my system that unlocked my resistance towards embracing my psychic side because I had locked it up for 20 years. And so that for me was really like the thing that turned it back on and then that really got me into quantum energy healing which incorporated a lot of light language so that turned on my light language for anyone that doesn't know um some people uh like refer to it as speaking in tongues so Mm -hmm. it's considered to be the the language of the angels so it can be spoken it can be sung it can be signed i do a lot of signing which is a more that's what i do i do a lot of signing and i realized this after but when i was little i used to draw it Okay. I, I think I did too. I used to squiggle in my the margins of my homework. My teachers would, would get mad. They're like, why is your homework so messy? I was like, but it's a perfect A plus paper, 100%. Why do you care? <laughs> and so um, those were really the things that did it for me. And then around that same time, I was also, um, I had been diagnosed with endometriosis for a while. That was already a thing for me, but I had just gotten diagnosed with um, an ovarian cyst and it was right on the edge of like possibly needing surgery was right on the cusp. And I'm thinking, okay, so I'm playing around with energy. I'm playing around with now at this time, I'm learning tarot, I'm learning pendulum. Um, my favorite series, because you asked about the books, is there's a series series called A Little Bit, A Little Bit of Pendulum, A Little Bit of Tarot. Okay. That was what I started with. And there was another book, I don't think I have it here in front I've of me. I've not heard of those. The Essential Guide to Psychic Powers. Okay. I want to say it's by Sarah Bartlett. That was the other book I picked up. So I picked up a little bit of tarot and the essential guide to psychic powers by Sarah Bartlett. Game changers for me. Game changers. Um, But getting back to the quantum energy healing, I thought, well, like if somebody can return on my psychic skills and if somebody like can do this stuff, like light language and Reiki, why can't I use it on myself? So I actually used binaural beats, guided meditation, and light language to heal the endometriosis and the ovarian cyst because they said, oh, you're going to have a hard time having kids. And I got pregnant within like two, three months. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, so the kind of quantum energy healing is, is it a specific, um, like, 
type or is it a combination of stuff? Is it something that, that you learn specifically how to do? I, yeah, I uh, tend to combine a lot of modalities as I touch on in my bio, which you so beautifully okay. introduced me. Um, so I will study everything. Like, yeah, ooh, that sounds interesting. Let me get some Akashic records going. Let me get some white language going. Let me get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I tend to, to blend and merge depending on what the unique situation calls for. Um, I also, as a psychic, there are different flavors of psychics. So some people have clairvoyance, clairconscience. Uh -huh. Clairsentience, clairgustance, they're, they're based on the senses, right? right? So as a psychic, I tend to um, see and feel what is actually going in in the body. So if somebody comes to me with a particular amulet ache and pain, not only do I feel that, but I can actually see what's happening in their body. We okay. go in and we do something called psychic surgery, where I can energetically, like as if I had the surgical tools, go mm -hmm. in and actually clear out and remove whatever it is, say, um, in my case with the endometriosis, it was the scar tissue and then the cyst. And then in someone else, I've had people that have um, like celiac, Crohn's, uh, those types of uh, intestinal issues, some things with the heart not functioning properly. So there's lots and lots that you can do using light language, using right. your clairvoyance and clairsentience and combining other, other practices as well. Okay. Well, I love that because actually I've created my own kind of quantum energy healing, combining my different modalities as well. So I, and I mean, there's like, there's so many people, like we talked about for coming um, live on here. So many people like kind of coming online, waking up, you know, we need more and more non-traditional Western medicine healers. And we need people, I feel, to be open to knowing that there's more than just the Band-Aid fix or the surgery yeah. fix, yeah. right? And so I love that you do that work and that you have just, yeah, gone for it. Um, so the work that you do with the energy healing, I'm, I'm assuming that's something you can do from afar, Right, like, you don't have to have them in person. Of course, like if you can get in person, I do host um, in-person events and retreats. That's the best because there's there's no substitute for being in the physical space. But there's a lot that can happen via Zoom as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Um, so in terms of so okay, so you you go to this retreat and you start experiencing light language. So then, what was the next step for you? Oh my gosh. So I started doing readings on Etsy, <laughs> professional readings. Because oh, okay. that's, I was like, I need people to practice on. And I couldn't practice on my mom, couldn't practice on my husband because right. my mom still doesn't understand. And at the time, my husband didn't understand. And yeah. so that was the only way that I could really practice. And that's how I got a lot of my clientele was through, was through Etsy. And then um, I also, for a while, challenged myself to work a professional psychic hotline so you could actually call and <laughs> connect with me. I figured out a stage name and everything. And there was something that really bothered me um, a lot about the, the psychic line and then somewhat on Etsy, but not so much, is a lot of the people that were coming to me were coming to me from a place of fear and anxiety of wanting to know the outcome out of a desire to control it. And what I also realized is that many of the people that would call in were also highly sensitive, highly empathic and clairsentient. They just didn't realize it. 
Yeah. The people that would come to me, say, for a psychic reading actually already had an idea of what was going to go down. They were actually looking for confirmation because they didn't trust in their own intuition. And then the people that would come to me for the healing often would hold on to the energies that they were experiencing or surrounding themselves with because they didn't know how to filter it. They were empathic. They were they was getting launched in their system. Say, um, I would I would see a lot of of reproductive issues, a lot of intestinal issues because they were holding on to this energy. And so I wanted to, uh, going back with address the root cause, not just the symptoms. So I thought, okay, let me not do these readings and these healings so much as actually show people how to do this for themselves and others. So that really was the catalyst for um, what became now the Oracle Academy and the Psychic School, which is to show people how to develop their own psychic skills and healing abilities. Okay. Well, so that's something that's not mentioned in your bio. So this is something that you have created? Yes, that should be in my bio. I think this journey has taken me through this interesting course in the past even six months. So it's been within the past, um, I've been working on it. The idea came to me three years ago. We've been building it for nine months. It actually just started at the beginning of July. We have our first cohort going through psychic school. Okay, so tell me about that, because and and tell me like how often you're going to let people in, because there might be some people listening or watching that are like, oh my gosh, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. So um, right now we have it set. This is the first time doing it, so I'm playing around with the timing. With um, it's a 12 week program, so we alternate six pre-recorded modules with bi-weekly group calls. So a module will drop, you have your time to go through it at your own pace, then we'll have a group call for Q&A, we'll do some of the exercises together if you haven't already practiced, we'll answer your questions, get feedback and support. And again, I am a huge proponent that you already have the answers. This is just us guiding you through realizing that for yourself. And then the following week, a module will drop, the week after that, a call, and then so on and so forth for the 12 weeks. So I'm playing around with that to see how it goes, if that's a good pace for everybody. I think so. And so we're about halfway through. I think it's working. And then um, we will open up enrollment again every three months. So we'll have another um, cohort starting at the beginning of October. Enrollment will open up at the end of September. Okay, perfect. Um, And then you mentioned an Oracle school. Is that the same thing? Yeah. So the Oracle Academy is like the big umbrella, like Hogwarts or something like that. (laughs) And then the psychic school is one of the like colleges within the big university. Okay. So what other colleges are you going to have in there? Oh, you're asking all the good questions. Um, (laughs) So we have one coming up also in October for spiritual business. So we're going to actually have an accelerator for creating a spiritually based business because we're going to forget all of the wounded masculine ways of doing business and get into our divine feminine fields of doing business our way from an aligned place. It's going to be so exciting. Um, So that'll be one of the schools. And then um, we are also looking at creating a magic school for us to practice um, light magic in a way that feels really aligned. And then um, there's some other things we're looking at like next year, could we take psychic school and make a kid's version of that? Because coming in nine years old into my gifts, I had no resources. So what would it look like for us to have a support system in place for other families who have kids who are highly sensitive and highly empathic, 
what would yeah. it look like for us to, to create um, curriculum around that. So just, right. just a taste of what's been channeled so far, but I'm sure there'll be more between now and then. I always think this is my plan for the year. And then about three months in, Spirit's like, no, actually it's this and this and this. Right. And this. I know. I, I've had so many coaches throughout my life of like, okay, let's make your year plan and your five-year plan. I'm like, that's not how I operate. <laughs> no. Your mantra is this or something better. So when yeah. I started out at the beginning of the year, the vision was psychic school, the business school, and the, um, what was the other one? There was another one. Anyway, there was another one that came through. And now I, I can't think of it off the top of my head because I wasn't on that track. Um, and then it was like, and also it's a monthly membership. And also like we're starting our chakra healing journey tomorrow. We're going to go through each of the eight chakras because I included the star chakra. And, um, and also it's a money manifestation vortex. And also, so it's like, okay, great. Well, so incredible and so needed and really interesting that you are considering or going to include that kids section. Um, I hopefully, and I think that this is happening. There are more parents that are open to the idea of letting their kids be who they are and not shutting them down. I know there is still definitely a faction of the world that, you know, kind of like your family where they're like, you know, this is evil. This is bad. You can't do that. But, um, here in Hawaii, I've experienced a few of the parents bringing their kids to me to work with them. Um, so the youngest I worked with is a 10 year old and, um, and then teen teens. And so if like, if we can help the younger generation fully accept who they are and not have to shut down, I mean, like what an amazing world we will live in. Right. I mean, think about what that's going to do for the mental health crisis here. Like, I don't know how it is across the globe, but I know in the United States, it's rampant. Like, for me, my anxiety was actually my intuition coming through. It's just that I felt like I didn't couldn't do anything about it that would lead to the rumination. Right? Yeah. And then because I wasn't allowed to express my authentic self, I felt detached from my soul's mission and my purpose, which led to depression, these two energies then bring in the chronic illness because I am literally not at ease. I have dis-ease within my body. Yeah. Right. So if we can address it while they're still young and they're still open, right. Then we actually eliminate that whole pathway of the mental health and the physical health condition. Yes. Um, so your kids, how old are they now? They're two and a half, almost three. And then I have a 10 month old. So they're okay. Still very young, but I can see, especially in my daughter, because she is a little bit older and she does talk-ish quite a bit, um, that she is also highly sensitive, highly empathic. Um, we call her strong-willed and independent, not difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we play games, like I play around with her intuition, because I, as the baby's mother, know what he needs, not just because I'm his mother, but also like that channel for communication is open that he can talk to me telepathically because he doesn't have words yet. And so I know, say he needs a snack or he needs a diaper change or he needs to go to bed. And so I'll ask my daughter, I'll say, okay, what does the baby need? And she'll go, oh, he wants water. Or, oh, he wants, uh, he has a poop or, oh, like he needs pants. Like, and she'll be right. Cause I already know. And so yeah. I, I like ask her to see if she knows. And then we've also been playing around quite a bit with light language. 
So she was going through a season where every night she would just say, mama, mama. Like, I'm already tucked her, tucked her in. I'm right there. So I'm like, why is she saying mama? And then if I would leave, she would start screaming, mama, mama. And I'm, this happened for several days. It might have even been a week or two. And I'm thinking there has to be another way. And so yeah. finally, one day, I go in there and I look her right in the eyeballs, like soul to soul. Mm-hmm. And I ask her telepathically, what do you need? And she told me back telepathically, light language. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So I start doing light language. I feel called to do it on her. So I grid her space. I do her bed. I do her bedroom. And then, you know, she's calmed down and I'm leaving the room. And she goes, Mama, I'm thinking, okay, now what? Like, what else? Yeah. And she tells me telepathically, the door. So she's not saying anything. She's, she's sending yeah. the signal. So I go to do light language on the door and I'm moving it around the door and the door lights up. Like I can see it. It lights up like something out of a movie. It's this golden doorway. And it was just amazing. And she never did that again. She never called out for me like that again. Okay. And so now every night she goes, not every night, but most nights she goes, do like this, do like this. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like this with the hands? Okay. Excellent. So did your light language, did it get turned on at that retreat or was it after the retreat? So it was, so the, the gal that um, activated me for the psychic skills, um, she also did a lot of light language and I wanted to know, like, cause I, I wasn't thinking about it the way that it is. I was thinking, oh, like this motion means this thing and this syllable means that thing. And I was looking at it very literally, 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 can't even say that logically, let's say logically. And, um, it's not like that. So I did purchase her program for activating my light language. And I don't think I was like happy with it because I was thinking I was going to like know exactly what it means. I totally missed the point. So I actually sat on that for like a long time. And then just out of nowhere, it just started coming online. Like I just noticed that I was doing this in my sessions. And then I realized, oh, that's the light language that I got activated a long time ago. I didn't realize I was doing it. Oh, of me scribbling on the phone on a call, that's the light language. Right. Like I would say like nonsense syllables sometimes to shift energy. That was light language. I just it all started clicking for me. And then now now I just do it whenever yeah. I'm called. Yeah. Okay. And mine mine came online October of twenty twenty one. I had an activation um which not allowed to talk about what happened in that activation, but the, um, like a few hours later, I passed out for several hours because my body was just, I don't know, running codes, doing something. And then when I woke up, my hands just started moving spontaneously. Yeah. Yeah. man, That's so good. And there's some, there's some debate here, whether or not like one has to get activated or if it can simply just come online. And the way that I think of it is like, there's no right or wrong. Whatever you think is true is going to be true. So if you're like, I need to get activated. Well, then you need to get activated. If you're like, Oh, it'll just come on when it comes on and it'll just come on when it comes on. So like it, it gets to be whatever you want it to be. I, yes. And I completely agree with you. And I, um, my first experience with light language was when I moved here to Hawaii and one of my new friends that I had met, we were at a, a moon ceremony. And after, at the end of the ceremony, she just, she, she speaks light language and she just felt the need to share with the group some light language. And when she was speaking it, you know, obviously, like you said, you can't, um, 
you can't really interpret what the actual meaning is. Like it's not word for word or whatever, but the feeling, the energy of it, I could feel it in every cell in my body. And I'm like, oh my God, that's incredible. And then it was, you know, maybe a year later that then I <laughs> got yeah. to play with it. And now I've had, you know, quite a few people on the show that do light language, speak it, write it, you know, sign it, whatever way it comes through for them. And so I don't know if I'm just running in circles now where it's more common or if more people are actually bringing that forward. Yeah, I think more people are waking up and, and, and part of it is our awareness has increased too, so we're actively looking at it. I think of the example when I was in high school, my family bought a blue PT cruiser. We had never seen one before. And then all of a sudden, everywhere we see the UT cruisers live, that's what our attention is drawn to. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Now, so in terms of Akashic records, um, so when you're going into someone's records, again, are you seeing that visually since you are clairvoyant? Yeah. Yeah. Do you see it playing like a movie or just scenes or how does that work for you? So I tend to get things in thoughts, feelings, images, or feel, or I said feelings, thoughts, feelings, or images. So it, it'll either pop up like a text message alert, or back in the day it was like AOL instant messenger, like in my forehead, um, yeah. or it'll pop up as like an image in my forehead, or in my forehead is like third eye, right? Um, or a moving picture. It'll, it'll look very much like a movie preview, but it'll, like really fast. Um, or I will feel something in my body. So usually with the records, because it is a little more of that intellectual type thing, um, it's more up here in the head than if, say, if I'm doing like a healing session, I tend to feel that more in the lower, the lower chakras. Um, so with the records, for anyone that doesn't know the Akashic records, is the history of everything that ever was, is, and will be. And I look at it, how it appears for me, is like this giant library in the sky where it's like filled with, floor to ceiling bookshelves and I go in and then there is your book my book whoever's book that we're doing the reading for and I always invite the book to come to me so I don't like go and chase the book but I invite the book to come to me and it just like floats into the air into my hands and then I go through the book and as I'm going through the book like I don't know why but your book came to me just now and I'm going through your book and I see these orbs of light I don't know if that means anything to you, but I'm seeing yes. the light. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to tell me what you're seeing, it feels like um like guides, like there are other energies and entities that like want to visit you because you're supposed to be a communicator, like the translator for them. That's what it feels like. So we could do like a whole other half hour, hour session on just the records, but that's like, that's what came through for your little mini reading. And so anytime I've ever done a reading for myself, um, something different has come through. I look at it like if you were to like flip open an Oracle card deck or um, any other book for divination, even the Holy Bible, if you wanted to like flip to a page and point to a word and that's your your word, um, it's kind of like that when you go in and you look at the records it's going to reveal to you whatever needs to be revealed at that time. Yeah. Beautiful. One, one of the things that I do is I create Oracle decks and mm-hmm. I, so I just created my ninth one and it's wisdom of the galactics. Oh. And 
So earlier this year, what I did was um, my guides were like, hey, you're going to you're going to do 13 different galactic sessions with 13 different ET races. And I hadn't worked with that energy as Earth Lisa before, um, only the Arcturians. And so I had to just trust that, like you said, so what they wanted to do was channel through me. They wanted to communicate through me. And so that is part of my role and what I'm doing is galactic ambassador. You know, I did not even know that. So there you go. Right, <laughs> right. because we just met, right? And so here I'm this bridge to share their wisdom, their energy. And there are a few groups that people have a lot of fear around that I'm like, I'm helping share their, their wise messages, um, you know, like the reptilians or the Zetas. And so um, anyway, so I, that's great to know that that is even more strongly wanting to come through me based on what you just said. That's amazing. Yes. Well, thank you for allowing me to connect with your energy. Cause I didn't even like verbally ask permission. It was just coming through. I'm like, okay, I guess this is what's happening right now. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. So, have you, because you mentioned in your bio, you mentioned star codes. So do you, have you connected with your cosmic or galactic family and guides and how do you work with them? Yeah. Um, I actually found out my star seed origins through a professional Akashic record reading, which got me interested in it. And then I then um, got my own certification in it. And so I'm from the Vega star from the Lyra constellation, which are like the little cat like ones. Um, that people have have channeled the visions of, of these. And so I will actually um, pull in something called my my soul star, star diamond, to come in and I'll have it above my head. And I use this to grid myself. And I've actually used this to do a different type of healing, to do star healing on um, my dog. I had a dog that had a very like severe skin condition. The doctor thought it was gonna take her six to 12 months to heal. She, she healed in four weeks. Wow. using the star diamond and he was like is this the same dog and i said yeah he goes keep doing whatever you're doing he's like i've never seen a transformation like this it's incredible i should have taken a before and after picture um i've also used this on my son's head so my son had um i think i want to say it's called brachiocephaly he had a slightly like flattened head in the back not a lot but a slightly flattened head and um i use this um circle around his head to do that um and so yes i use the star energy healing for from my galactic team to do that and then um i also tend to channel different energies so although i am from that particular galactic family the lyrians i'll get arturians coming through pleiadians coming through um i'll get sometimes the blue avians come through i have seen some of the reptilians come through but it's mostly the, the other ones I've mentioned. And what's interesting is they all have like a different type of language that'll come through. So when we were at this last retreat, I was working on one of the ladies and then she had very, very strong um, Arcturian lineage. And they came in like on their, it looked like a spaceship, essentially a spaceship and came into the room and they were speaking in a language. And like, I, I had to like, translate so like they would talk and then like interpret and talk and interpret and at one point i start i stopped saying english words okay because i was like forgetting english words everything was coming through just as 
light language. I actually forgot this other girl's name, like in the middle, and we're like close friends. I forgot her name. Wow. Because it was like that's how strong the star seed energy was coming through. Yeah. Wow. Well, so how do you when when you're with a client? I mean, I know I know with your psychic abilities, you probably just psychically know, intuitively know like what someone needs, which of the modalities, but I'm just curious, yeah. So can you give us, me an example of someone coming to you? What kind of issues would they come to you for? Most things back to love, money, or health. Okay. So they're, they're wanting to attract their like soulmate or twin flame or something along those lines, or they have some sort of money story, or I don't really use the word block, but money block and like wanting to call in more. Um, or it's something related to their health. But any of these things, again, is usually an indication that there's some other type of um, psychic phenomena happening that if you have anything going on, you already know what's going on. And I'm really just there to be a guide to facilitate that for yourself. Yeah. So let's say someone's coming to you for health. Um, and we kind of touched on this earlier. So you're able to see in their body, right, where they're having an issue and do that psychic surgery. Yeah. And um, now one of the things that I have seen before is that people who who might get a healing from that if they don't actually get to the root cause of what created that they're going to recreate it exactly right? yeah mm -hmm. that's why i felt really strongly about not just addressing the symptoms but actually giving them the power to address the root cause so often in these healing sessions it's not just oh, let's go in and do psychic surgery on your endometriosis. It's also, how did that endometriosis go there? Because I'm sensing that maybe there's some trauma here in this area. Did something happen to you when you were like X years old? And they'll be like, oh my God, yes, like this happened. And they're like, okay, well, can we go back to that time? And I'm not asking you to relive it, but can we do maybe like a forgiveness ritual or something around that to release that energy so that we can move forward with a clean slate and we actually have to go back and to, to whatever happened. Right. Use that to move forward. Okay. And then, so someone's coming to you for money, money issues. Um, is there, do you see a theme overall with that or is it kind of all over the place? So no. Yeah. Most, most issues go back to childhood. If not childhood, it's something generational or ancestral. And if not that, it's a past life. So yeah. money, what I see a lot of is somewhere along the line, usually in early childhood, one or both parents created a money story that you have to work hard. You have to earn it. You have to deserve it. Um, money doesn't grow on trees, uh, that um, life has to be a struggle. And so we end up with this, if I do this, then I get that mentality. So let me do, 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 not realizing it's simply being mm -hmm. the vibration of what it is you're wanting to call in that creates the money coming in. And um, if not an early childhood story, then it's it's what I see is it's something um, generational or ancestral or past life. Like I know in my um Akashic records, I had somewhere in there like a vow of poverty that I was going to be like a monk in a monastery and not have any material possessions. And I'm like, oh no, that's not going to serve me in this lifetime. So <laughs> let me clear that because that's not happening right now. Um, so that that's, you know, that's my story. But tip, we start with childhood and then if there's nothing there, then we go further back and then and work okay. on 
Well, and could it be all of those? Yes. Because I mean, I guess, you know, we come in to clear up those lessons or learn those lessons. So Mm -hmm. because and here's the thing is um, we will create I was just talking to someone else about this. um, We will create soul contracts based on the lessons from the previous life. So in order for this theory to make sense, we have to believe in reincarnation. Not everyone does. But assuming that we come back again. Mm-hmm. After we've lived this life, we our soul and the cosmos goes, okay, well, how did that go? And what worked and what didn't? And okay, here's the contract for next time. Now go back and try again. And so that's why the patterns can play out, say, into the childhood is that be, there was something else that led up to that to then create this environment to where it's playing out again now. And yeah. I believe we're going to keep playing that out until we learn the lesson. So if we don't learn it in this life, it's going to come back Thank the next Exactly. Well, and I, with the money thing, it's interesting because what you just described of the working hard, that is definitely the story of both sides of my family. Like, because both sides are like super entrepreneurs and, um, and highly academic. My mom's side is highly academic. So you have both of those things where you really, it's this energy of, and, and even um, my really good friend and mentor, um, Sunny, when we were in Peru um, earlier this year, she she kind of, you know, I was asking her and she kind of called me out on that. She's like, okay, one of your things that you still need to work through is that it you have to work hard. You do not have to work hard. You're used to things coming to you when you put in all that effort, but things will come if you relax. That's another mantra of mine. It gets to be easy. It gets yeah. to be easy. Yes. So I think everyone needs to hear that. It gets to be easy. <laughs> and then, so for the love, I'm just curious if there's an overall theme because in my clients, it's self-love and worthiness issues. And that's been my own story. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to work through and heal a lot of that stuff to find my third husband who is the love of my life. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Yes. Um, with the with the love, especially because I, I, I work probably predominantly with women, I would say it's an 80-20 split um, in favor of women. Um, it's it's also us holding on to the trauma of our mother, our grandmother, and beyond. That if there was anywhere in that lineage, and if you think about the statistics, at least one in four women at some point has some sort of um, trauma that we are holding on to that. Our cells have memory. So that's getting passed on from generation to generation that we may have seven generations worth of trauma built up and stored in our system. So now we are then scared of letting anyone in because there's this very real fear of, well, if I trust someone or let my guard down, I'm going to end up hurt. Yeah. Which leads to patterns of pushing love away and not being open to receiving. Yeah. I, yes. So, and, and then that leads to health issues, (laughs) especially in that heart chakra um, kind of area. And so that's been the story of my family too. So that generational love, um, we have this whole history of heart disease, heart attack, stroke, like all, um, all the things with the heart in my mom's side. And when my um, my aunt who so my my granddaddy heart attack and died at 65 my uncle randy 65 heart attack died my mother had her heart attack at 65 and then my aunt had her heart attack at 65 
And so my my cousins and I, my especially one specific cousin, were like, we need to change something immediately, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I did. We did an ancestral healing of the bloodline to figure out, okay, what is the root cause here? And we got it back to like some ancient Viking ancestor, self-love kind of thing. And um, we didn't even know we had that Viking lineage, but now I've done the ancestor DNA and it's changed over time, but it's, it, there's a lot of Scandinavian Viking, you know, kind of energy there now, which is really interesting, but Anyway, so I just, yeah, I, um, the work that you're doing is so important and we need more of us that are looking at things from these different facets. And I think, um, hopefully whoever's listening or watching this will be open to seeing things and experiencing things in a different way than maybe they've done it. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So any last words of wisdom that you want to share before we wrap up? Mm. Feeling into this question. I just, I just want to leave people with anyone who's watching or listening that you really do already have all the answers. They're, they're inside of you. This learning is really just a remembrance of who you already are at a soul level. And I would encourage you to keep tuning into that and nourishing that that soul and just following your intuition because it leads to really, really beautiful discoveries. I mean, I could, I could be another half hour telling you all these ways that it didn't make logical sense, but I did it anyway. And then something really amazing happened. So just let it, let it be good. It gets to be good. Yeah. Well, and maybe we'll have you back on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I have really enjoyed this conversation and this is Bindi and normally she doesn't join me for the podcast, but you mentioned, yeah, you know, your Lyrian energy. <laughs> she's like, Oh, she's home. <laughs> she must feel that energy. Well, so how do people find you Yeah, on social media? So uh, you can find me on Instagram, instagram.com slash Nicole.Starbuck. That's N-I-C-O-L-E, little dot in the middle, followed by my last name, like Starbuck the coffee without the S at the end. And then um, we also have a free Facebook group for anyone that wants to connect with like-minded kindred spirits. We have the Conscious Collective at facebook.com slash groups slash Oracle Academy. And Oracle is a play on words. It's spelled like Aura. So that's A-U-R-A-C-L-E Academy. And then we also have our website, oracleacademy.com. Again, that's Aura, A-U-R-A-C-L-E Academy.com. Beautiful. Well, now my dog wants to speak. <laughs> Power animals coming through. Yes. Right. Well, thank you again so much for being on. And um, for those watching or listening, thank you for your time. And I'll see you next time on Connection to the Cosmos. Aloha.